So the big question is this. How can runners like you, who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners, avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag Run Pain Free Podcast, your host, sports biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio, gives you the answers. Thank you for tuning in to the Run Pain Free Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Today, we are sharing the open interview with Martinus Evans. He's actually quite known in the running industry, and we talk about his background in athletics all the way to how he's using long distance running now and what he's currently doing. It's a quite layered interview, so I know you're gonna get a lot out of it, so enjoy this open interview. The advanced session for this interview, you can find that in the description of this podcast. There's a link there that will take you to his advanced session and all the other advanced sessions. Enjoy. Welcome to the Run Pain Free Marathon Training Summit. I have a very special guest with us today, Martinus Evans. He is a huge run blogger. He has had he has done so much stuff. He's calling in from New, from Detroit. Let's say hello. How are you? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm going to give a little bit of your background so people know exactly who I'm speaking with because you've done a lot and we're going to get into a ton of questions, but I need to tell them who you are. Martinez, I love that name, is respected and revered by many as an educator, coach, and consultant. Despite living what one may consider a hard knock life, he rose above his circumstances to achieve what many believed he could not. He became the first person in his family to earn a graduate degree. Martinez exemplifies the true meaning of tenacity, losing nearly 100 pounds and completing the Detroit Marathon. An award-winning speaker, Mr. Evans' story continues to captivate diverse audiences, including followers of his blog, 300 Pounds and Running. Martinez holds a bachelor's degree in health fitness in preventive and rehabilitative programs from the Central Michigan University and a master's degree in health promotion from the University of Yukon, Yukon, University of Connecticut, Yukon. That's what I get for being <laughs> tri-state. <laughs> How are you? I'm so glad to chat with you. We're going to go over a whole bunch of stuff. And I want to first ask my favorite question. I, everybody's run story is super personal. And I always love to know what they run for because the reason that someone runs is a real personal reason. So why do you run? What does running do for you? Um, why do I run? I think the reason why I run has changed throughout the years. Um, you know, when I started in 2012, it was about weight loss. Um, and as I progressed uh, lately in the past couple of years, it's been about uh, supporting and encouraging everybody else, uh, encouraging others, as well as uh, more or less a political statement for, for lack of a better words. Mm, like a movement. So it's a movement. Yeah. I love that it's evolved also. That's dope. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, originally it was about for, it was originally for weight loss. And, um, you know, as I've grown, as I've evolved, um, you know, my, my thoughts and feelings about like using running for weight loss or just exercise for weight loss has changed a bit. So uh, it, it's more about just being active and not using um, exercise as a punishment for weight loss. Ooh, say it again. Everybody needs to hear that. <laughs> Everybody it's all about, needs uh, you know, not using exercise as a punishment for weight loss. Like, you know, I personally believe that uh, we should uh, enjoy physical activity, you know, embrace it because there are so many benefits um, 
and uh, so many benefits to exercise and running other than weight loss. And yes. then, uh, you know, with the, a lot of people just focus on weight loss, but there's so many other benefits to it. So many, I can't, I can't wait to get into this with you. Um, so for you, a sharp pain in your hip made you go to physical therapy, which you, I had to point out because of what I, I have a big thing about this, but you pointed out you spent 20 weeks in physical therapy and the pain was still there. Um, and that kind of set you into yep. a direction to see another doctor and that set off your run, your kind of your running starting. Did that, is that true? Is that where you would say the be the whole journey yeah, began absolutely. in that moment? What was that like? What was that story with your hip? Um, so, you know, I played uh, high school football, I played collegiate football, um, after, you know, college and things of that sort, you go to being a regular human being. Um, but some of those bad habits just didn't die or, or died hard. So I found myself working at men's warehouse at the time and I was a suit salesman, uh, working full time commission. And so I spent a lot of time on my feet. Uh, I ate trash food because if you know anything about com uh, full commission, like you have to be there. It's 50 hours a week. It's, it's, it's a grind. Like you always on the sales floor because you just don't want to miss out because like that could be, uh, you know, a difference between having a decent paycheck and eating real good next week or eating ramen noodles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, you know, I found myself uh, walking in one day and like had this hip pain. It was excruciating. And, you know, I went to a doctor, doctor sent me to physical therapy and I just kept going to physical therapy and um, the pain wasn't society. So I found myself in front of an orthopedic specialist, a small guy with very thick accent, short, maybe five, five, 125 pounds soaking wet. And, you know, he looks at me and, you know, I'm six three 360 to 380 pounds at the time and he looks at me and said you know mr evans i know why you're in pain and i'm like well what's going on is it a football injury like do i need to get a hip replacement and he's like no you're fat and i'm like what it's oh. like yeah you're fat um and he goes on this whole tangent about oh you know you got two options you need to lose weight or die you know you need to start walking you know and all these other stuff and i'm looking at him like this is nothing i want to hear so sarcastically i i say to him uh well screw all that doc i'm gonna run a marathon um and this is before i even know what a marathon was at the time right so i said screw you doc i'm gonna run a marathon and he laughed at me he had the biggest belly laugh that uh, like I told, like the world's funniest joke. And he was like, that was the most stupidest thing I've ever heard in all of my years of practicing medicine. So Shut I'm like, up. seriously? Exactly. Wow. So I'm like, oh, so you're just gonna call me stupid. You know, I'm getting this master, you know, I got degrees like a thermometer, I'm getting this master's degree and all this other stuff. And you talking about, I'm dumb. So like, wow. you know, we had this argument. I, I stormed out the doctor's office, you know, never looked back. And on my way home, like I'm still fuming, right? And on my way home, I see this uh, running shoe store. And I made a U-turn, went into the parking lot and told them I need running shoes and I need them now. Uh, <laughs> luckily, you know, they pumped the brakes and it's like, you know, like, what are you, like, what were your plans, your goals? And it's like, oh, I'm gonna run a marathon now. Like, I'm about to run this marathon now. And it's like, uh. It doesn't work that them. way. <laughs> I'm like three miles, right? <laughs> uh, you about 20-ish miles off. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Um, thank you. And so from there, it, it, that became the journey. Like I, I went home that day, put on the running shoes, got on the treadmill, turned the treadmill on seven. Don't know what the hell I was thinking. And didn't last on the treadmill for 30, more than 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was beaten down. I felt sad. I felt like the doctor was right. You know, I went to uh, my girlfriend at the time and, you know, I was telling the whole story. And, you know, she she has a knack of, like, just pulling me back to reality. And, you know, she said something like, you're a tough guy, you tough. Like, no struggle, no progress, right? Like, this is a tattoo that I have on my, my right wrist. Uh, no struggle, no progress. She's like, well, ain't you about that life? Like, it's all about that no struggle, no progress. Well, you have to go out there and struggle a bit. And um, from that point on, like, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to start a blog. Like, this... This seems like what people do these days when they're on some type of journey, they write about it and, you know, have grown from a a blog that, you know, nobody knows to, you know, a podcast that's, you know, heard around the world to uh, a a worldwide run club that has over 5,000 members in there to me being an Adidas commercial earlier this year to uh, running five marathons last year and so on and so forth. Listen, everybody, what an amazing story for you to run. But you know what? You, I'm going to jump ahead with my own questions because you just squashed a big misconception about slower runners. Is that mm. people don't think that they're athletes. You are literally a collegiate athlete. And yeah. you, so there's a misconception that they've never been in athletic, that they... Um, don't know what they're doing. They're just running like whatever, but you just squash that. You are a collegiate athlete. And that's, you know, it's just, you're, you have a different reason that you're running. You're not running to win the race. It's just different. So you just killed that. And I, and I want, that's what I want. I hope for this pod, this, this interview to help bridge that gap between those differences and the myths and misconceptions about the different paces of runners and like why people run and how it's everybody's own personal reason why they're running. And I I hope to stop all the judging (laughs) because I think it's way too much. Yeah, and I have people who are, you know, training for the Junior Olympics. I've got sub six minute runners and I got 17 minute runners and I got walkers. So like we see everybody here, doesn't matter. And in in our eyes, everybody, you're you're athletes. As long as you're taking care of your body, you're an athlete. If you have a goal Mm -hmm. to get somewhere, you're an athlete that's what really changes the difference, you know, is whether you take care of your body or not. So I thank you for explaining that soup to nuts just like you did because it kills so many misconceptions off the bat. Like, I just love that. And you, you've come, you went, and you honestly, the reason you took that stance with your doctor was because you're an athlete. That's a mindset. You were like, no, I'm not going to lay down to this. <laughs> like, that's an athletic mindset. So I appreciate that. Listen to everybody. Take notes. They all know they need to be taking notes when they're listening to these interviews. <laughs> yes. So pa- back of the Packers. For those people mm-hmm. who don't know what back of the Packers are, can you please explain what back of the Packers are for those who run marathons? Okay, so when you think about running marathons and running races, you have, I like to break it up in like three to four parts. You got the elites, that's like Meb, that's Shalane, Flanagan. Those are the people just like right at the front, like when the gun go off, like they touching the start line. And then you got like, you know, semi-elite who haven't cut it yet, but they maybe did like some Olympic trials, but they haven't made it to elite status yet. And then you have this whole pack of what I just call mid pack people 
who are, you know, just below semi-elites, but they're ahead of uh, back of the pack. And these are people that that's that wild range of individuals, right? And I feel like this is where some of the elitism really come from, from like the running community, is that you have these mid-tier, mid-pack people who, you know, are fast enough, you know, somewhat fast, but not fast enough for Olympic trials or fast enough to be the elites, but they're still somewhat fast and they have this chip on the shoulder. And then you got me way, way in the back. You know, usually we're back there with the walkers, like women with walkers and like, you know, strollers and like dogs attached to them. You know, that's us way back there. Usually we're the last to go off uh, to start the race. And about time, depending on the distance of the race, about time we start, the elite runners are already finished. So that's us in the back of the pack. Yes, thank you. I, I want everybody to understand who that is because they're all out there still trying to do the same thing, run the same race. But I love that you put the chip on the shoulders because that's the crew, that's the the, the, the local elites. From the local mm-hmm. elites that are like, you're still like the high twos, low three hour range runners down to your seven, eight. And even here in New York City, they'll finish in nine hours, 10 hours sometimes here. So. Um, and New York holds it open for everybody to finish because it's an all-inclusive type of race. So that's a huge bulk. And that's I, I, I'm glad you broke that down like that because that's exactly what the race lineup looks like. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to, again, there, everybody has a real reason to run. And I believe everybody should mind their business and run for themselves. That's me. That's just how I look at it. And then everybody should just support everybody. So I'm glad you're bringing a light to a lot of these to break things down. Um, so going back to your history, you talk about being a loser and choosing to win, which I absolutely love. And again, I think that's your mindset. I think that's just how you're wired. That's what I get from you so far. Um, and you talk about losing your athletic scholarship in college and then choosing to win thereafter. And so many runners in the back of the pack are down on themselves. They don't feel like they're, they, they, they struggle with whether or not they should be running because so many people talk smack about it or, then you have the fast runners. I even have fast runners that actually have said, you know, I, I finally hit my goal of doing a sub six and I didn't get like any encouragement yet. I'll see somebody post that they just ran their first mile at like 16 minute mile and like the whole world runs to them. So that just tells me that everybody really still wants encouragement no matter what level they are. Um, and I found it was really honest for that elite to say that because you would never hear an elite say something like that, really. They'd be like, mm. you know, they're more their show off, you know? So I really appreciated that. And it just shows that everybody still is running for the, the same reason. Do you know what I mean? So what can you say about having that identity where you actually choose to win and not getting caught up in that noise and, and all that downside of being in the back of the pack and like knowing you're still there for the, the same reason as anybody else? Um, I really think it's about mindset. Um... As a bigger person, so, you know, just even going back, like I've been a fat guy all my life. Like before I was a fat guy, I was a fat boy and I had man boobs and I had boy boobs. And like, as a plus size individual, you know, the world, we feel as if the world is against us. The most time we are, we get shamed, we get talked about, we get laughed at. And when we try to attempt to do something, athletic, whether it be running or any any other type of sport, we still have so many things that are against us. We can't find clothes, you know, our family members don't support us, you know, the the list goes on and on. And then when you actually think about running a race, like there's still other things that are still against us, you know, depending on the race, they'll uh, 
take take the waters down earlier than the the finish time they'll take uh the the uh the moral markers down you know so many things have had happened uh to myself and you know that's what i mean like you know that loser mindset because when you think about it and, and come in wisdom like people would think oh like well why even do it then like why do it if you know you might not get water or you might get not get a finisher pincher or a medal and it's like well i'm not doing it for everybody else i'm doing it for myself and it's the satisfaction of saying that you know this goal was seemingly impossible and i did it anyway and you know for everyone listening like that's what it's about it's about your own fulfillment of you know doing something that seemingly seems impossible and then breaking that stereotype and then doing it and then doing other things right um i, I think it's very interesting for example you know i ran five marathons in 2019 and you know at every race you know, being in the back of the pack, you hear those people that, that gives you like that condescending, like, oh, well, good for you. Like, you know, you're trying to lose weight. Like, this is your first marathon. Like, you'll be okay. And it's like, no, this is actually number, marathon number five this year, right? It boggles <laughs> so, my mind you, what my runners tell me that they're, they are yelled at. I, 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 I want to be there when, I, when this stuff is said to people. I'm never, I've never, I've never heard it because I'm always at mile 22. So like I would, when they come and they tell me they get told <laughs> stuff like that, I'm like, I want to be there when this is said because I'm amazed at the stuff people say to people. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? And it's a big bubble burst for a lot of people. Mm. They're like, well, no, I actually did five marathons and I'm in two Adidas commercials and I have a partnership with them and I do X, Y, and Z, you know, and I have this community. So it's a big bubble burst for a lot of people. And it's, it's really for me to inspire this next generation to say, you know, like you can do it. Like let my 300 plus pound, you know, big butt show you that you can do it. And I still have struggles. I still go through a lot of stuff. Um, and, you know, sometimes it get me down, but you know, as an athlete, like you got to shake that thing off and go back at it. Agreed. I appreciate your mindset so much. And I hope everybody listening is taking notes and like taking this in guys, absorb it like a sponge. Um, so what made you start the, the running slow AF online community, uh, and your, and your running blog, how that, how did that all come together for you? So 300 pounds of running, the, the blog came when I started running in 2012. Um, and I just started as a, like a personal blog, you know, today I ran this, this is how I felt. And then, um, you know, as the, the following grew, you know, more people wanted more advice. Like, you know, hey, where did you get your running shorts from? Like, hey, like, mm -hmm. I'm trying to run. Like, what shoes have you tried? Um, and, and it went from, like, me just focusing on my story to being a resource and a beacon and a light. You know, I consider myself a lighthouse to uh, other people out there who want to start running and see, see, see me within themselves. Um, from there, you know, I created the podcast and there was a race that I ran and, you know, somebody was like, oh, like you're slow as fuck. Like you, you still out there. I don't know why everybody's gone, but you out there like, hooray. Like, and he's like, just being funny about it. And I was like, yeah, I am. Like, I am slow as fuck. And like, when I went home that day, I was telling a story and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. Um, so I put it on a t-shirt 
and like I, I sold like 500 of those t-shirts um in two weeks and i was what? like holy crap i'm <laughs> on and so from there you know a, a lot of people like hey you got a facebook group we want to follow you like how can we be a part of it and i wanted to do something different like if you know anything about me like my motto is be different not better so you know looking at all of the the running communities out there that are on facebook I wanted something that's uh, a lot different, that's not on Facebook, so you don't have to deal with any of the uh, like politics or uh, just a lot of stuff that happens on Facebook that's not protected. And I wanted to have full control over Like I wanted to be Alpha and Omega, not Mark Zuckerberg. So um, I created the, the, the Slow Up Run Club and I'm pretty excited about it. It's like, I would say it is the first um, online running community for slow runners like we have our own app like we have an app on ios and android it's almost like facebook like it's it's pretty much like a facebook for slow runners like just like you sign up on facebook.com or download the app like we have the same thing for slow f run club i love it i love it i love it and i'm a fan of your own community yours true I, i'm on top of that because i've, I've dealt with those same politics dealing with them on a regular basis so i totally get and i think people appreciate coming off of facebook and going to a community absolutely. like that yeah absolutely and, and you know since it is my own thing like i call the shots and there's certain things that i know i just didn't want to have um that other facebook's groups allow so for example in, in our community there's no weight loss talk like we don't talk about weight loss like we talk about any and every other thing besides weight loss, right? When we talk about food, we don't talk about clean food or dirty food or like cheap meals and things of that sort. We talk about fueling for your runs. Like if you're not talking about how to fuel for, you know, a race, like we don't want to hear about your food. Right. We don't care if it's clean or dirty. Like we want to make sure that we treat everybody as if as as athletes, even if they're just starting for day one, even if mm -hmm. they try couch to 5K and then they work out and they back again, like I wanna make sure that we're changing folks' mindsets. And like I said, not use running or exercise as a, uh, like a mechanism or a punishment for weight loss. I love that you're saying that. And um, I'm, I'm eager for you to hear other interviewees that we've done for the summit who talk about that specifically on the psychological side of that um and i, I think i think you'll be interested to hear what that how affects i'm not going to give it away but how it how that really does affect you when you're going into it for that purpose how that affects the runner in terms of their goals i think and i'm so glad you're bringing that up for everybody to hear that especially in the community um it, it's amazing um not to cut you off but it's amazing like some of the things that we also do is like i, I did a case study last year um on like how i was speed training and how you know i dropped like two minutes off my mile and i gained two gained two pounds right mm -hmm. so like this whole notion of like oh you got to run to run faster you got to lose weight like i'm just breaking all of those types of conventional wisdoms or stereotypes listen that's what i do on a regular basis martinez i break i break it down i, I kill myths all day long i'm that's a, this is my problem and i was like so many runners come to me and they don't understand why they gained weight when they started running and i'm like because you're not eating for your run it's very simple stop listening to all the hoopla out there so i appreciate everything you're saying and that your group is getting this information from an athlete who's been there, who's gone through it. I mean, being in vigorous, football's the most rigorous sport 
in this country. Um, so you're talking from a place of knowledge. So I appreciate that too. And everybody needs to listen. Uh, so going back into the community, you wrote a letter to race directors and I found it profound. And I think many runners can relate to it. It talks about the disrespect among runners in regards to pace level and how the directors of the race kind of suit the race respectively for that. Um, what made you write the direct, the race directors and what kind of feedback did you get from it? Um, <laughs> you know, I think that's by far the most controversial thing I've wrote and, written so far. Uh, it was a mix. It was a mixed bag. I would say it was a mixed bag. You know, for the back of the pack, there's like we're finally, you know, there's like finally, like somebody gets it, somebody hears us. Uh, and then you had people was like, you know, you know, shut up, lose weight, and run faster, right? So, um. To, to give people background records, I wrote this open letter to the, uh, to the race directors from the back of the pack. Um, and I expressed a lot of the things that A, I witnessed myself, talked to people on uh, my podcast about, or you know, even people that I even coached myself because I'm a run coach. Um, and I had a bad race. You know, that type of race where they're like, oh, you know, the race cutoff is, you know, half marathon is going to be three hours, you know, and I finished around 245. But as I'm coming around, like the the mile markers are gone or, you know, it's one of the hottest days in the summer and like they're out of water or, you know, they didn't, the volunteers then flipped over the water tables. And it's like, well, I'm on pace for 245 and the course limit is three hours. Like, you need to abide by the things that are going on because people can get lost and get hurt, right? And it was just, it was just me being fed up and me being like, well, somebody needs to say something and I have the platform, so let me say it and let me put it out there. Let me call a thing a thing. And I wasn't nice, I was critical. Um, some people didn't like the choice of words I had to say, but the thing is, how else are you going to get other you know get people's attention if you're so nice and you know buddy buddy well can you please you know no like fight me you i paid my money <laughs> the course limit was three hours i was on track for 245 yeah. i had to play uh I, it was almost like a scavenger hunt to the finish line with no water i'm pissed yeah. you know and i think about some of the um, people I interviewed on the podcast, like I interviewed this one lady and it was her first half marathon and she got lost. Yeah, I've heard it happen like, a lot. Like they took down the medals, they, they took down the, 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 uh, the sign, she got lost um, and she ended up on the wrong side of town where like people were trying to sell her drugs and everything else. And like somebody offered her like bus fare to get back because it's like you about five miles away. Oh my God. Like, and like since it's our first race, like she she uh, she only had her phone, so like her phone ran out of battery, and like she ran eighteen miles instead of a half marathon. Wow, that's terrible. That's terrible. People it really is. don't get it. And yeah, they don't get it. And like luckily, you know, with um, you know the whole scandal that happened with uh, London Marathon, where their official pacer. Like their official pacer for uh, that finish time, I can't remember what it was, but like the last pacer, same thing. Got I believe it was six thirty. I heard about that. I think it was six thirty yeah. or seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. It was six thirty or seven for a uh, finish for a marathon, and she got heckled. 
she ran they ran out of water and it's like this is your official pacer so it just shows like how much the back of the pack slower runners are a uh an afterthought and i would argue like we are emerging market like we are a market that you know want to try new things especially with you know everything going on with covid like a lot of people are thinking about trying to run because they can go to, they can't go to the gym and right. you know i would argue that even though you got your your athlete you know your elites there and if if the if the race was only about their elites then just have it there but they understand that you know marathons have marathons this is big money and mm -hmm. like these people paying two to three hundred dollars per race entry same as in a lot of cash yeah and the majority and of we, let's just call it what it is it's the majority and, and the majority of it yeah and we should be honored you know and treated with the same respect it's same. i would say it's like a contract i agree I agree. And that's what I think I, what I want to bring to light is I can have all the, I can have elites, I can have really fast runners, but I want to show that there's, these runners are of all shapes, sizes, and speeds. Like that's, I mean, run and that's, and the idea of marathons is to be inclusive. So I, I hope everybody listening to this really gets some perspective on it. Um, especially people who can make differences in the community. Um, and moving on into that, the running community can be viewed as non-inclusive and a lack of diversity, um, particularly at race events. Is, is this motivation for you to create a space for people of all shapes and sizes and shades to come together to run more, to get more active in the running community? Does that motivate you in seeing that with the run community in general? Absolutely. Um, like I've experienced so many things. I think I remember in a, in a post that I wrote on Instagram, like I've had people call me the N-word. I've had people drive by in their cars and throw things at me. I've had, you know, I've been followed. You know, I've been stopped by the police for running at 5 a.m. with one of those little flashlights on and a three liter of uh, water in my backpack. And like, I'm suspicious. So like, it, it's definitely one of those things of, you know, bringing awareness to A, the injustices going out there, but mm -hmm. also, um, like I said, being that lighthouse and that beacon for other individuals who, you know, are afraid or, you know, don't know how to handle it to share the things that I've done um, to at least get by some of these injustices, right? And, you know, Hopefully, you know, we'll get to the stage where they're no longer happen. But, you know, I, I try to play for what, what's, at, what's, what's, what's in front of me. So, like, these things are going on. And, like, well, these are the things that, you know, I recommend that you do, right? Just like the same thing for, you know, someone who's starting out and, like, running their first half marathon. You know, you know my rule is always be prepared that they're going to run out of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or like the, the same thing applies to running in the neighborhood. And there's, you know, so much systematic uh, oppression that goes along with it. Like, you know, whether you are running in an urban area or hell, even running in New York City, right? There's so much discrepancy. <laughs> yeah, there totally you know, is. From, from Brooklyn to Manhattan, from Manhattan to Harlem and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, it really is. I, I appreciate the light you're bringing to it and that you're really taking it as, I find it like you're taking it as a positive way to bring everybody in, to make it a positive movement, a positive way to bring people together and with awareness at the same time. So I appreciate that 
that approach? The thing is, I got to take it in stride. Like running, running is my thing. Like I'm not playing professional football, nor do I want to. I don't want CTE. Like running is my thing. Um, <laughs> and when is your thing? You got to take things in stride. And it's uh -huh. unfortunately, you know, unfortunately that I have to take things in stride, but you know, what's the other option? Yeah. Amazing, right? So much information to listen to. The advanced session gets even deeper. Go find that link right now in the description of this podcast. And you will not only find his advanced session, but you'll find all of the 20 other experts that I interviewed during the Marathon Training Summit. Soup to nuts, the whole industry is covered. Go on over there and enjoy it right now. Have an awesome day. You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast, brought to you by the Run Pain-Free Academy, featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Subscribe to us as you leave a positive review on iTunes.